Thanks for downloading this episode of Updating E-Commerce, a podcast where I talk to leaders and solution providers in the world of online retail. We've got some great guests, so each episode is full of fascinating insights and opinions. I'm Dylan Gray, a founder of Boone, a startup that uses psychology research and AI to build highly engaging and effective digital shopping assistants and gift finders. Today, I'm joined by Donna North. Donna is an award-winning entrepreneur and co-founder of Dressipy, the leading revenue optimization platform for fashion retailers. Dressipy has independently proved success time and again, delivering incremental gains for the likes of LK Bennett, John Lewis and Partners, and Wallace. During her time at Dressipy, Donna has also offered her expertise to aspiring entrepreneurs at Techstars, the global startup network. It's great to have you here with me today, Donna. What made you decide to focus entirely on fashion retailers? Uh, so right at the beginning, we thought, and you know, actually a few years on still do think that if we were to offer the kind of significant improvement um, that retailers were looking for, it was actually necessary to specialise. And the reason for that is fashion is notoriously complex and it has many challenges, um, certainly challenges that are not present in other sectors or other verticals, um, both on the customer side and also on the product side. So on the customer side, obviously people are shopping to suit their varied shapes, their sizes, their colours, their styles, and all this means that clothing or all the clothing in you know any single retailer's inventory is just not available to them. And then you have other things like some people are influenced by trend and others aren't, which means their preferences change um, quite sporadically and quickly. And almost everyone is shopping in the context of what they own. So they're shopping with one item to go with something else. Um, and then on the product side, there's lots of new products that are available every day, which is obviously very different if, if, if you're in electrics or, or toys, for example. They have very short life cycles, sometimes uh, as short as three or four weeks. Um, and as the product sells, we, ha- we have this thing called size fragmentation. And what that means is from a merchandising point of view, products that you know are hugely popular might end up dropping down the listings page. And basically all of this meant that any generic or off-the-shelf algorithms just were not able to perform well in the fashion space. You have cold start issues, um, things like item to item and historical purchases, which the more generic algorithms rely on um, are just less impactful in fashion. So to really make a difference um, and make it worthwhile fashion retailers to invest in something like this, um, I, you know, we felt very strongly that you had to go very deep into the domain and and also kind of solve some of these very kind of fashion specific nuances. And, you know, from a market perspective, you know, fashion is a huge market um, and it's an interesting enough challenge um, that to specialise, you know, from a business perspective, as in I address business perspective, you know, it, it absolutely makes sense for us to, to approach it in this way. So actually, it sounds like what you did was identify possibly the hardest sector in retail because maybe there weren't competitors or there wasn't a solution existing. Is that right? Well, no, we, we originally started because Sarah, who's my co-founder and I, were experiencing the problem that we wanted to set out to solve. So and I always think it's important that, you know, from an entrepreneur's perspective, that you understand or you are experiencing that problem to be able to solve it effectively. 
Um, and so we started the business very much focused on solving this problem for consumers, which is how do you navigate choice and how do you make better purchase decisions? And uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, we always set out to, to kind of operate within the fashion domain. What we didn't know at the outset was whether or not we had to build our own kind of algorithms or whether we could use some off the shelf algorithms or a combination of both of those. And it became very obvious reasonably quickly that we had to build our own um, proprietary algorithms. Yeah, very interesting. Does the acquisition of fashion brands like Arcadia's subsidiaries concern you at Recipe? And what are you planning to do, if anything, to address it? Um, good question, timely question. Uh, no, I don't think so, not, not at all. Um, you know, retail, retail has always changed and evolved um, over the years. And obviously, more recently, we've seen this big shift um, onto e-commerce, definitely kind of hastened by, by COVID. But alongside that, we've also seen, you know, more pay or more retailers come into the market, more players into the market. And I think that's just purely because it's cheaper uh, to, to kind of come and play now. You don't need to, you don't need, you don't need the cash to, to have a physical store anymore. You can set up, you can set up store online. Um, but what that has meant is that, you know, if you're a retailer that is either slightly behind the curve or you're not delivering on what the customer wants or how they want it um, or when they want it, which I think is the case with Arcadia, then the market is just too competitive. And I think all we've seen with COVID is just, you know, for those companies that were in that position, um, it's just been accelerated uh, by a couple of years. So, so no, there's no, there's no concern. I think, you know, people are always going to buy clothes. Um, you know, maybe in time they'll rent some of those pieces, but there's definitely always going to be a range of brands and a mix of channels and also different ways to kind of experience the brand and all the product. Uh, so no, so for us at Dressipe, you know, that's what we've seen with the Arcadia for us um, was expected um, and anticipated. We won't be doing anything differently. Um, and if anything, we've seen, you know, We've seen our growth accelerated over the last kind of 12 months and we're very optimistic about all of the opportunities in the future. I'm pleased to hear it. What do you think the greatest challenge is facing e-commerce now and in the next five years? Um, probably not specific to e-commerce, but I think, you know, commerce in or retail in general, um, the biggest challenge is, is around reducing the impact of consumption. Um, fashion, obviously is a big contributor. I think it's about 10% of annual global carbon emissions currently, um, which, you know, the industry has to do something about. Um, I think the good news is there's a lot of low hanging fruit um, and some of, some of that challenge can be overcome by using data and machine learning better, um, certainly around improving efficiencies in the supply chain. Uh, if you look at fashion, retail, in kind of on average, about 60% of clothes are sold through at full price. So, you know, that 40% um, is a massive opportunity. Um, a, you know, A to kind of overcome um, and make a big dent in that, in, that 10, in that 10%. So I think, you know, consumption generally needs to improve. And I think, you know, smaller, but probably, you know, mo as notable challenges around customer loyalty 
I think it's very easy at the moment for customers to flip from brand to brand and retail to retailer. Um, and you know, the end result of that is very high customer acquisition costs. Um, so no one wants to kind of repay to reacquire customers. So customer loyalty is a high expense that needs to be overcome. And again, specific to fashion, the issue around returns, you know, as more um, customers move to an e-commerce or an online environment and do their shopping there, so the returns in increase kind of uh, at the same time. Um, and they're very unprofitable for, for most retailers. Um, you know, most returns are unprofitable. So resolving that, I think, also is a big challenge over the next kind of two to three years for them. So I suppose, I mean, so in, in the past, we've had people talk about, just as you've done, about brand loyalty and how there's all this choice now. Um, there's, you know, uh, consumers can go from brand to brand, can go from retailer to, to, to retailer. But actually what's happening is younger consumers and, and increasingly old generations are focusing more on the brand values. And a lot of that has to do with what you've mentioned around sustainability um, and around the mass consumption. And I suppose the question is, do you think that, do you think that that impact of the value that consumers are putting on brand values is enough to counteract the convenience that huge brands like Amazon and ASOS in fashion can offer consumers? I think it goes some way, and I think people are becoming more aware and more, and, and more conscientious shoppers. Um, and I think, you know, you do see currently today in the market, you know, you're getting a lot of growth um, in kind of more sustainable brands that uh, have, a, have a brand story or a brand ethos. Um, you know, that is very strong around sustainability um, or some other values that are important to the consumer. But there's no denying at the other end, you know, you've also got the growth of Boohoo and, and misguided and kind of, you know, lower price point um, retailers uh, where price is actually dictating con you know, consumption. And so, you know, you've only got to hope that over time that the pressure from the consumer and market means that retailers um, are, you know, as just part of, you know, their strategy or their need um, to be relevant to the consumer, take on board some of some of the issues around consumption. What have you seen in e-commerce recently that has most impressed you? I said, you know, I don't, there hasn't been anything stand out that's um, available in the marketplace today, um, but there's definitely, you know, I see it, um, with some of the textiles companies and, and, and some of the kind of startups that are not on the market at the moment. There's definitely some really interesting um, and exciting things and innovation that are going on around very different kind of customer experiences that exist today. Um, there's lots of work going on, particularly again in fashion around new materials. Um, and also, you know, how, how do you create a an experience that is presenting value beyond just purchasing the product itself. So, you know, again, in fashion specifically, it's like, you know, how, how do you guide the shopper to buy something and, and get more use out of it uh, than they would naturally today if they were shopping for a product? Um, how do you make it more versatile or how, how do you help that shopper upcycle it or recycle it or resell it? 
And there's definitely some some brands who are doing some interesting things, or certainly some interesting development work around that. Um, I also think you know all of the work around provenance of products is interesting. Uh, probably more going on there in the luxury end, um, but still, you know what what can happen at the luxury end of the business can filter back down. And also, quite a bit of work going on around digital versions of the physical product. And if you buy a physical product and you can have a digital version of that product, how can you use that digital version of that product in a, in a digital world? So, you know, for me, when I look at, you know, what does shopping look like in 10 years time? I just think it's going to look completely different um, to what it looks like today. I think, you know, everybody needs to move on from the list of products on a, on a product listing page that, you know, if we're all honest, was created by Amazon in the 1990s and very little has been done kind of from an inspirational or an experimental point of view since then. Um, and I think that's where we'll see some of the biggest changes. That's exciting stuff. That's like that we're also very excited to see. Do you think that those kind of experiences, um, those maybe those, those interactive experiences will help to reduce the problems like the high return rates in fashion? Yeah, I mean, some definitely some of the work around um, VR and AR um, will help there. I, you know, you have this you, you have this challenge in fashion where it is still a kind of you need to try it on to really see whether or not it works for you, and it is very you know it's it's a touch, it's a very sensory purchase too. But I can see in the future that you know you will have. A digital you um, and a digital you can edit the choice of, of what you're ordering online and by trying it on virtually and that will be good enough to reduce some of those returns yeah exciting stuff well thank you very much for joining me it was great to chat to you yeah good to talk to you Dylan too that was Donna North of Dressipy sharing her thoughts around the future of fashion retail be sure to subscribe to catch our future episodes of updating e-commerce. Until next time, thanks for listening.